Today's online worship comes from Sunday the 28th of March. Hello everyone, I just want to welcome you all to our online service today. Apologies about the slightly late start, I've had a few uh, technical issues today. Um, but I just want to give everyone a warm welcome who are watching on Facebook and also YouTube uh, and listening by telephone uh, as well. I'll just say a few hellos as folk are coming on. I see a few names popping up on Facebook. Uh, hello to Alexis, uh, to my dad watching today as well, Ellen. All the way from Virginia, Brenda and Kate and Patricia and Carlin. So a warm welcome to everyone uh, watching today. Um, I've got a few uh, notices uh, just before we begin. And I just wanted to say a couple of wee things about our arrangements for Easter Sunday. As many of you will have seen in the news that uh, churches are now able to reopen. And uh, the cook session had decided that we would reopen for Easter Sunday. And that would be a joint service with uh, Greenwich East End uh, congregation. And the service will be at Mount Kirk at half past ten on Easter Sunday. And it's a service for all ages. Uh, but there will be an opportunity for communion at the end of the service uh, for anybody who would like to uh, join with us for that. And um, if you would like to, to book for that, numbers are limited. Uh, we, we're not allowed more than 50 people uh, in the building. And so if you would like to book, you can either telephone the man's here on 722-338 or there's a link with the description on Facebook and I'll put that link on YouTube as well, uh, where you can book some tickets. Um, if you are calling by telephone, if I could ask that you would leave your name, uh, a contact number, but also the names of those that you are bringing with you. So for all the places that you would like to book, uh, we really need the names of everyone uh, who's coming along because we have to check that with a list at the door that everyone who said they're going to attend attends. And um, it means if folks don't turn up, we can free up spaces for other people uh, who are waiting. And also, if if you book a place for the service and then you find out during the week that you're unable to attend, if you could please uh, let me know, just so it allows other people to uh, get to church as well. Um, unfortunately, if you're left disappointed and spaces fill up uh, very quickly, um, we're, we're planning to have an online service in the evening on Easter Sunday uh, for those that perhaps can't make it to church that day. And uh, the next service in the church will not be for a month later, so it'll be the first Sunday in May, uh, because at the moment we don't know how quickly restrictions will lift um, after that. So the online services will revert back to 12 noon for the Sundays in between. Um, I'm planning to take up a couple of weeks off for the school holidays, so I won't be around for those first two weeks, for the next weeks in April, uh, after Easter Sunday. Um, but I'll just share other churches' uh, services uh, in the area. Um, so when I come back, services will resume online at 12 uh, noon. I hope that's all fairly clear. And then also for Good Friday, uh, this coming week is Holy Week, and... Uh, I'd encourage you to have a look at what other churches are doing. There's lots of provision for practically every day of the week in Holy Week. And I'm planning to do something on Good Friday afternoon at 3pm, some Good Friday uh, reflections. 
at three o'clock here on Facebook and YouTube. Um, because of the restrictions that we've been facing at the moment, been unable to, to meet, one of the difficulties with that has been uh, fundraising for, for various groups, um, both within the church and other charities are facing uh, the same thing. And uh, many of you watching will be aware of our partnership with a, a youth ministry called Young Life. And um, as two congregations, both Mount Kirk and uh, East End, support Young Life, and we take a group of young people away every summer to summer camp. We also have weekends aways during the year, and we have a, a monthly club uh, as well. Um, at the moment, we don't know whether those things will be able to go ahead or not. Um, it, we're hopeful that we'll be able to have the summer camp, and um, but at the moment we are lacking funds because we've not been able to have any coffee mornings or fundraising. Um, so I've I've decided to do uh, take part in uh, what's called the Kilt Walk. Uh, many of you will have heard of it before, and it's it's part funded by the Tom Hunter Foundation, and they have promised to put in fifty percent of everything that you raise for your assigned charity. And uh, this year, because of all the restrictions, it's a, a virtual kilt walk. So you do the walk on your own and you can choose your own route. And uh, it's going to be from April 23rd to the 25th. And um, I'm hoping anything raised will help to uh, help kids get to summer camp. We've, since we started our partnership with Young Life, we've always had the policy of um, trying to help kids who are going for the first time. So we subsidise the cost of the camp uh, for kids going for the first time. And um, all being well, we've had quite quite a number of new kids uh, with us this, this year uh, who are really hoping to get to summer camp. So I'm hoping we'll be able to do that and we'll have the funds uh, to help them. Um, and this, possibly the first year that we're actually taking two groups to camp. So S1 to S3 and S4. S6. Um, uh, so if anybody would like to support me in that, I'll be putting up the details of that quite soon. And also, I'm hoping to put together a wee team uh, so you can raise money as a team. So if anybody would like to, to help me to do this, to join in with the Kilt Walk and raise money for Young Life Greenock, uh, just contact me, let me know, and uh, I'll be in touch as to to what we do. We don't have to go in the same walk or do the same the same thing. But if you'd like to be part of that team, just let me know. Okay, one last wee thing I wanted to mention before we get started is uh, I just wanted to wish my dad a happy birthday. Uh, I know my dad is watching uh, today and uh, he just turned 93 today. So if you want to wish him a happy birthday in the chat box, feel free to do so. There's my dad there. Um, so 93 today and I uh, hope to see uh, my dad later this afternoon uh, at some point. Okay. So I think we're ready uh, to get started and wherever you're watching, wherever you're listening from, uh, feel free to join in with the prayers and hymns. Uh, that we sing together. I'm just going to start our service off with a prayer just as we commit our time to the Lord. If, so if you'd like to pray with me, uh, let's pray together now. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for the opportunity to gather together in worship. 
even though we're separated by distance, that we can meet online and even chat to one another on Facebook as we worship together. And Lord, we pray that in these moments that you would draw us close to you. That in our worship, in our prayers, in reading the scriptures, Lord, you would speak powerfully into our lives. Lord, may we be encouraged. May we be lifted up. And may we be challenged as well. Challenged in our assumptions. Challenged in our thinking. Challenged in our discipleship. To follow Jesus even more to love you more deeply, to follow you with greater passion and devotion. And Lord, in our time of worship, we pray that you would equip us to truly live as disciples of Jesus in this world. For being a disciple of Jesus in these days is not easy. It can be very challenging. And Lord, we ask you to strengthen us to equip us in every way possible to face the challenges that we meet day by day. Whether that is dealing with our own personal circumstances and challenges or perhaps facing challenges of doubt with things that have happened in our lives, with facing the challenges of others that would question our faith, perhaps in our family or in our workplace. To help us face the challenges of continuing to believe in a world that largely no longer believes. Lord, strengthen our faith and give us perseverance that even in the most difficult of times, that our faith would stand and be stronger than ever. So Lord, as we sing together and as we read your word together, use these moments to build up our faith and to send us away from this time of worship today. Spiritually stronger and spiritually prepared to live for Jesus for this coming week. And Lord, in this time of prayer, we bring our concerns to you, the things that worry us, the things that are on our minds at the moment, for those that are sick, for those that are, are struggling in various different ways, for those with concerns about family and friends, Lord, we just bring those to you now, that you would hear our prayers. And Lord, we pray for our world today. As we hear in the news of new lockdowns in Europe, Lord, we pray for governments, for scientists, seeking an end to the current COVID crisis. We are thankful for vaccines getting out, but Lord, there is still so much to be done. And as we start to get 
our freedoms back little by little. Lord, we just pray that in the coming weeks and months ahead that we would see an end to COVID-19 and the grip it has on our world. And Lord, we are also concerned about other things that we see going on in our world. And today I especially want to pray for the people of Myanmar or Burma, as it used to be called, um, a country that is in such turmoil at the moment and where this past week we've seen hundreds of people uh, shot and killed in the streets, even young children and babies. Lord, we pray for peace in that land and in a land which has seen the gospel take root and grow in incredible ways over the past years and so many new churches planted. Lord, we pray that the Christians living in that nation would draw close to you and that you would protect your church and allow your church to grow. But above all, we pray for peace for that nation. And so, Lord, we bring all our prayers together and bring them to you and lay them at your feet. And as we say the prayer that Jesus taught his first disciples, as we say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen. We're going to sing a couple of hymns now, so feel free to join in at home if you know these. And uh, we're going to sing, first of all, and I chose these especially for today. We're beginning Holy Week and thinking of what Jesus went through in his journey to the cross, his crucifixion and all that he went through with his disciples in that time and what this week speaks powerfully to us of God's love for us in that Jesus died on the cross for our sins and through him we have everlasting life. So this first one is Jesus paid it all and then we're going to sing here is love vast as the ocean. Now 
my heart of stone Jesus paid it all All to him I owe Sin had left a crimson stain He washed it white as snow Fountain 
assassin from above, heaven's peace and perfect justice, kissed a guilty world in love. Through the years of human darkness, shone the If you have a Bible handy with you, I'm going to be reading from the Gospel of Mark, uh, chapter 8. And I'm going to be reading from verse 22. Okay, so Mark chapter 8 and verse 22. Jesus and his disciples came to Bethsaida, and some people brought a blind man and begged Jesus to touch him. He took the blind man by the hand and led him outside the village. When he had spat on the man's eyes and put his hands on him, Jesus asked, Do you see anything? He looked up and said, I see people. They look like trees walking around. Once more, Jesus put his hands on the man's eyes. Then his eyes were opened, his sight was restored, and he saw everything clearly. And Jesus sent him home saying, Don't go to, into the village. Jesus and his disciples went on to the villages around Caesarea Philippi. And on the way he asked them, Who do people say I am? They replied, Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others one of the prophets. But what about you? he asked. Who do you say I am? Peter answered, You are the Christ. And Jesus warned them not to tell anyone about him. Let's pray together. Lord, as we read your word and open your word together, we ask that you would pour out your Holy Spirit upon us, that our ears would be open and our hearts ready to receive. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay. 
Now today is the, the last part in our series of messages that has been roughly taking us through the Christianity Explored course and focuses closely on the person of Jesus in the Gospel of Mark. And we've looked at various different topics over the past couple of months, such as what do the miracles and teaching of Jesus uh, tell us about his identity? Um, what Jesus claimed about himself, why he died on the cross, why he rose again from the dead, and what it means for us to follow him. So today's message is really helping us to see the journey that we have been on together through the Gospel of Mark and what God might be doing in your own heart at the moment. And then there's the question, well, what, what next? What do we do now? At the very beginning of Mark's gospel, he says in chapter 1 and verse 1 that this is the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And gospel means good news, and Mark wants us to show why it is good news that Jesus is the Christ, that he is the promised Messiah and Saviour. And he wants to show us why he is the Son of God. But as well as that, he's also taking us on a discovery of Jesus' identity and he wants us to see how we are to live as disciples of Jesus as well and also in many cases how not to live as a disciple of Jesus. You know Mark's gospel has a, a rawness and authenticity about it that gives us an over-the-shoulder look into the lives of Jesus' closest disciples and he shows us warts and all um, and we could maybe say that if these guys, such as Peter and John and Andrew, if they, with all their flaws, can be disciples of Jesus, then so can you and so can I. And all of their mistakes and doubts are meant to be an encouragement to us so that we can identify with them, identify with their mistakes, identify with their doubts, and say, well, if God can do it for them, maybe he could do it for me as well. So in our reading today, it starts with a blind man who is brought to Jesus to be healed. And when Jesus spits in the man's eyes, he can see partially, but not clearly yet. And he said he could see people like trees walking around. And then Jesus puts his fingers in the man's eyes. And when he opens his eyes again, he can see perfectly clear. And it's no coincidence, I believe, that this is immediately followed by a conversation between Jesus and his disciples about how much or how little spiritual sight that they have. How clearly do they see and understand who Jesus is? In Mark chapter 4, when they are in the middle of a boat, and Jesus is sleeping. There's a storm around them on the Sea of Galilee. And Jesus calms the storm with the command of his voice. And his disciples are all witnesses to this. And they start asking, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. You know, at that point, they are beginning to see and understand a little bit about who Jesus is but they don't see completely clearly yet as we find out later in the Gospel of Mark. They don't always get it right. 
in the part of Mark's Gospel that we just read, Jesus puts them on the spot. And he says, who do people say I am? And of course they repeat what other people think. You know, Some say you're John the Baptist, come back from the dead. Others say you're Elijah. But then Jesus turns to them and says, but what about you? What about you? And that is such an important question for all of us. It's Martin Luther, the great Protestant reformer, once said this, Every man must do two things alone. He must do his own believing and his own dying. Or maybe to some that's stating the obvious, but it's still profound, it's still true. In our own spiritual journey, we're all faced with that same question, but what about you? No one else can answer that for you. You have to do your own believing. And it really doesn't matter what other people think. And if you tell people that you believe and trust in Jesus, there will always be some who think that you're foolish or you're crazy or you're deluded. It doesn't matter what anyone thinks. The question is between you and God. What do you think? Who do you say Jesus is? And in our reading today, one disciple has the courage to answer. In verse 29, we see Peter says, you are the Christ. You are the Christ. Peter's the only one who speaks out. Peter's the only one who answers, as far as we know. And what is happening to Peter here is that Peter has gone from seeing partially seeing clearly now he can see that Jesus is the Messiah that he is the Son of God and Peter's faith is just as much a miracle as the blind man getting his sight back I think that's what Mark wants us to see here and why these two stories are side by side the blind man can see a little bit and then Jesus prays again and then he sees clearly Throughout the Gospel of Mark, the disciples have been able to see and understand a little bit about who Jesus is. And here in Mark 8, Peter is the first to see clearly. And it is a miracle. And when you have faith in Jesus, a miracle takes place in your heart and in your mind. And everything looks different. You see the world and you see yourself completely differently. And your life can never be the same again. I love this quote from C.S. Lewis. He once said this. I believe in Christianity as I believe that the sun has risen, not only because I see it, but because by it I see everything else. Isn't that an amazing statement? And perhaps more profound, written by a man who, at least for the first half of his life, said he was an atheist, he didn't believe in any God at all. And after his conversion to Christianity and when he began following Jesus, he said it completely changed his perception of everything. You know, faith in Jesus gives you a perspective on the whole of life. 
It's like putting on a new pair of glasses and seeing things as they really are for the first time. And it's amazing when that happens. Now, I've decided to do a reading in two parts today. And so if you still have your Bible open, uh, if you have one at home, I'm going to continue where I left off in Mark chapter 8, because this second part is also uh, very important and it ties in with Peter's confession of Jesus. And I'm reading from verse 31. It tells us, Jesus then began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, chief priests and teachers of the law, that he must be killed and after three days rise again. He spoke plainly about this and Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But when Jesus turned and looked at his disciples, he rebuked Peter. Get behind me, Satan, he said. You do not have in mind the things of God, but the things of men. Then he called the crowd to him, along with his disciples, and said, If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for me and for the gospel will save it. What good is it for a man to gain the whole world, yet forfeit his soul? What can a man give in exchange for his soul? If anyone is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will be ashamed of him when he comes in his Father's glory with the holy angels. Amen. So we see here that Jesus told his disciples, not just on this occasion, but repeatedly, throughout the Gospel of Mark, that he was going to die, that he was going to be crucified, that he would rise again. And here he tells them if they want to follow him, then they will have to take up their own cross as well. And that's in Mark 8 and verse 34. Jesus says, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross. And follow me. So, what did Jesus mean by that? I think he's talk, talking about self denial, obviously. To deny yourself is to deny certain actions or certain ways of thinking in order to take up another way of living, to change direction. Now, to say yes to Jesus means to say no to other things. It means saying no to sin. It means saying no to our old life if we want to say yes to Jesus. Now, the Apostle Paul describes it in this way in Galatians 2 and verse 20. He says, I have been crucified with Christ and it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. In the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Isn't that a wonderful verse? I have been crucified with Christ. In other words, the old me has died with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ 
who lives in me. So as we say yes to Jesus and we say no to other things, something something happens within us. It's and it is miraculous. And it is not all our our doing or our, our decision or our choosing. A miracle takes place. That God takes our old life. And as the way Paul describes it is that the old the old man has died and a new life has begun. That's what baptism is all about as well. It's that symbol of the old person going into the water and then coming out of the water, a new creation in Christ. And when you become a disciple of Jesus, you have a new purpose, you have new passions, you have a new direction in your life. You no longer live for yourself, but now you live for Christ. You know, your your body, your time, your money, your job, your business, everything you have is now Christ's and you give it over to him in order to live for him. And it's not out of any obligation that we do that, but out of love for God and out of concern for God's kingdom because we want to see others come into that same relationship that Jesus, that we have. That's why I preach Sunday by Sunday. That's why I do this. That's why I feel called to do this. Because Jesus changed and transformed my life as a 13-year-old boy. And yes, I've made many mistakes. But my life has never been the same since then. And as C.S. Lewis said, it gives you a completely different perspective, a perspective of yourself and of the world that we live in and helps us to see things the way God sees them. And it helps us to change our priorities, that we live for God and live for his kingdom. You know, sometimes you will hear distortions of the gospel, whether on the internet or on TV, that says, come to Jesus and everything's going to be rosy. Come to Jesus and you will be rich. Come to Jesus and you will have power, miraculous powers. Come to Jesus and he will give you this and give you that. But the real gospel that we read in the Bible is a different call. Jesus says, come to me and die and live again. And that is the cost of being a disciple of Jesus. As we come to Jesus, our old life dies. As Christ died on the cross for us. Our old life dies, has died with him. And as he rose again from the dead, that same power, the Bible tells us, that rose Jesus from the dead, brings us to life 
spiritually, that we come alive in him. This is the good news. And this is the message of Easter as well. That Christ died for us and rose again for us so that we may live through him. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, I give you thanks and praise for everyone who has journeyed with us through the Gospel of Mark over this past couple of months. For those who have been Christians for many, many years, even since childhood. For those who are just at the beginning of their journey, starting out in faith. And for those that are still seeking. Lord, I thank you for every person. And I pray that you would send your Holy Spirit to each one in the most powerful way. That for those who have yet to respond to the call of Jesus, that you would give them courage today. Not to put it off, not to delay it. The Bible tells us today is the day of salvation. That this very day, they would say yes to Jesus. Lord, for those who are at the beginning of that journey and have already taken that step and have said yes to Jesus, but things are still very new for them. Lord, I pray that you would give them perseverance, that you would sustain them, that you would protect them from every attack of the evil one, that would seek to sow doubts in their mind and in their heart. And Lord, I pray that they would be able to find a, a good church family to, to belong to and when lockdown lifts and we can start worshipping again, that to really root themselves in a, a church family that will be able to nurture them and help them to grow in their faith. And Lord, for those who have been following you for many years, that these messages will have given them great encouragement and solidified their faith so that when the storm comes, when difficulties come, that their faith would remain firm and that you would give them the passion and desire to reach others for Jesus to see lives changed and transformed in the same way that you have transformed their life. So, Lord, bless everyone listening today. We thank you for the good news that Jesus died on the cross for our sins so that we might have forgiveness and everlasting life, that he rose again from the dead, that one day we too will rise with him in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, we've come to the end of our service uh, today. I want to thank you all for joining with us. And uh, if you do have time at the end, uh, I've got a Zoom call. If you give me five minutes and I'll set that up, feel free to jump on and have a chat afterwards. And uh, also remember, if you would like to come to a physical service in the church on Easter Sunday, there's the number. Uh, for the man's here, it's in the description. If you call 
leave your details or there's a link where you can uh, book a ticket for places as well. So half ten Easter Sunday and also if you remember Good Friday at three o'clock I'll have some online reflections as well. So I'm just going to ask God's blessing upon you all and let you get your lunch and go your way. Now may the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit be with you all now and always. Amen. So take care everyone and I'll see you later. Bye now.